Well, good morning, everyone. We are so glad that you're with us this morning. We we do want to go to the to the Word of God. We want to seek God's face. We want to acknowledge His blessings upon us. And the truth of the matter is, God has truly blessed this county this week. If He's blessed you, if you're able to watch this service and you're not sick, He has truly blessed you. And we want to acknowledge that today. You know, there's a lot going on in our in our country with this coronavirus. There's a lot going on in the world, but even within our own country, we have so much unrest. And today we want to look in the book of Acts, chapter three, verses one through ten. And as we're continuing the book of Acts, it seemed like this this passage uh, really helps us to, to see where our focus should be in the midst of everything that's going on. I, I, this is a passage that if you take notes and you record things in your Bible, you'll find back in 2009 that we, we preach from this passage. As a matter of fact, the, the main points of the text today may even um, resemble from 2009 but I assure you this is a completely different message and and I but what I did notice about that message before prior back in 2009 was the opening quote and I want to share that quote with us today because I think it really resonates with with where we're at today in this world the uh, if you have your Bibles, you can begin turning to Acts chapter 3, verses 1 through 10, as we focus today on the first miracle of the church. Well, as you're turning there, someone once said, humanism is man's rebellion against the, man's rebellion and alienation from God. This is man's slavery. How can that which produced man's slavery set him free from it? All man's efforts to possess a self-contained freedom to find the meaning of life by his own wisdom, to build a worthy human society without God, are self-defeating. For they are a denial of man's essence or essential nature. Again, they are a denial of man's essential nature nature. In other words, it seemed that the writer is saying that that within our own power, within our own intelligence, within our own resources or our, even our own ideologies, we cannot fix this broken world. How is it that something broken can fix what is broken? We are a broken people. And our ideology our way of doing things or what may seem right in our own eyes is not what's going to fix this world. We need a miracle. We desperately need Jesus. And as we look in this passage today, we begin to see that as the church is formed, the first thing that, that the Lord wants us to notice that takes place is the need for Jesus. As we look here in the passage, the Bible tells us, now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered 
the temple. Who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple asked for alms. And fixing his eyes on them with John, Peter said, look at us. So he gave them his attention. Expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have. But what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he leaping, he leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And then they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate in the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. This is God's holy word. Pray with us, would you? God, as we do come before you, we just thank you for your holy word. And God, we... We know that you sit up high and you look low and you're able to see everything that is taking place. God, we know that even behind the scenes you're walking and you understand, you're working and even you understand what's taking place in a way that we can't. So God, we just pray that, that you would have mercy upon us, that you would extend your grace to us. For God, we need you this day. If there's ever going to be peace in this land, God, it's going to have to come from you. If there's going to be healing in this land, God, it's going to have to come from you. We're not able to bring that on our own. So we're calling upon you. Now be with us today, God. Help us in this time of need that we're in. And God, we'll give you praise for all that's accomplished. And as we turn to your word, we pray that you would just speak through us, that you would use us as a vessel, that God, that you would receive glory, and that you would speak to the hearts of each one who is listening today. And God, we give you praise for everything that you do. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. As we approach this text, we find that the Holy Spirit has indwelled the believers at Pentecost. Peter has preached his first message and there was a great response where 3,000 people believed and confessed Jesus Christ as their Savior and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. These believers continued in the apostles' doctrine and in, in fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayer. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. So now it appears that God is ready to put on display his power through his church in order to, to win more souls to his kingdom. So God uses the apostles, Peter and John, to get the attention of people. In this first miracle, we must realize that, that God wasn't just proving that Jesus is still alive, but he was proving that through the power of the Holy Spirit, that the same power that Jesus displayed while he walked here on earth would be seen through those who would believe in him. 
Oh, I don't know about you, but this brings me comfort to know that the power that Jesus had to refuse sin, the power that Jesus had to, to, to show that God is, is, is God and that he is God's only son, the power that he displayed in this world to know that, that he come from heaven is the same power that resides within us to where people can know that is a, there's a God in heaven who works through our lives. Oh, it's good to know that Jesus didn't leave us and leave us by ourselves, but he left us with the promise of his Holy Spirit. With his, and when we accept him as our Savior, that the Holy Spirit lives within us and he empowers us to do whatever God calls us to do. Oh, when we look here in this first miracle, we begin to see that that before the miracle took place, there was a, a notice of the condition of man. Here the Bible tells us there was a certain man lame from his mother's womb. And this tells us a lot about this man's condition. This tells us that he wasn't a perfect man. It tells us that he wasn't a whole man. It tells us that, that he had physical limitations. But the phrase also lets us know that this man in his imperfect body, this man who was, who was not whole, this man having all these limitations, that, that it wasn't due to his own doing. This man was lame from birth. In other words, he was born just the way that he was. The Bible goes on to tell us that this man was, was laid daily at the gate of the temple. This tells me that he was dependent upon others, that he had to be carried around. This is a time where they didn't have wheelchairs. This was a time when they didn't have med one as we have today. So he was dependent on others just to carry him around. And he was dependent upon others to provide for him. What do we mean? The Bible tells us here that he asked for alms to, of those who entered into the temple. Without people offering him money, he would be able to provide the most basic of his needs. Now, what can't go without saying when we look here in this first verse is the fact that, that we can't overlook that the man asked for alms or, or where this man was at when he was asking for alms. This man was laid at the gate entering into the temple. Understand, he wasn't at the gate entering into Jerusalem. But instead, he was at the gate that entered into the temple. The call, they called this gate the beautiful gate. He had, he had laid there, in other words, daily. He was carried to the house of God. And there he made his petitions known. And I'm reminded of Matthew 22, verses 34 through 40. What we find is, is that upon, the, upon hearing that the Sadducees had failed to trap the Lord and they had become silenced, the Pharisees took their shot at trying to trap Jesus Christ. And, and they had a lawyer amongst them and they, they used this lawyer to try to, to try to trip Jesus up and the lawyer asked which is the great commandment of the law and in verses 37 through 40 what we find is Jesus replied to him and said you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul with all your mind this is the first commandment and the great commandment and second is like it that you shall love your neighbor as yourself and on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Family, I, I, Jesus is saying
saying here that the greatest thing we can do is to love the Lord our God with all our heart and with all our mind and with all our soul. He's telling us here that if we do this, that there'll be fruit from this and that fruit will be that we'll love our neighbor as we love ourselves. So family, it's no wonder that this man who's lame from birth would, would be carried daily to the gate of the house of God to seek help from the people of God. For if we truly are the people of God, we won't be able to look to help but look upon him in his condition and see his help. See the help that he needed. Whenever the people of God see a need that can be met, we should be moved with compassion and seek to do whatever we can do to meet that need. Here, this is exactly what took place in our lives. We were lame from our mother's womb. We were born in sin. We were shaped in iniquity. The, our family, we were not born perfect. No, no, nor were we born whole, but we were born with limitations. We don't have the willpower nor the ability to live a perfect life on our own. We can't come before the throne of God. We need help when, blood, when the blood of bulls and goats and birds will no longer suffice. God looked upon us and he looked upon us with compassion. He saw our need and he sent his only son to, to be born in this sin cursed world to meet the need of each and every one of us the bible teaches us in romans 3 and 23 that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of god and because we have all sinned we must pay the consequence of that sin and the Bible tells us in Romans 6 and 23 that the wages that the price that the penalty of our sin is death God, he saw us in death. He saw us helpless. He saw us hopeless. And he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die for our sin. And those who will receive him as Lord and Savior will receive the gift of God. For he tells us in that verse continually in Romans 6 and 23, the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Oh, yes. The penalty of our sins is death. The wages of our sins is death. <laughs> oh, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Oh, just as this man needed help to get to the house of God, we need help to get to God and to help his name is Jesus. Oh, without Jesus, we can't get to God. For Jesus declared in John 14 that, that no one comes to the Father except by him. Oh, I'm so glad he come to this sin-cursed world. I'm so glad that he gave his life. I'm so glad that he was buried and he arose. And now he's ascended to the Father and he's standing at his right hand to give us an opportunity to be forgiven of our sins. So that we can have access to the throne of God. Yes, he's making intercession for you and I. Yes, we needed help and Jesus was our help. Oh, I, I believe this with all my heart that our country and this world needs help. And Jesus is the only help. We can't put our faith in man. We have to put our faith in Jesus. Notice here as Peter and John saw the condition of this man. They saw the need of this man. And because of this, 
They paid attention to this man. And we can see the conversion of the man. One day as this man was laying here at the gate of the temple, his help and his hope came by. This man must have been hurting within as well as without. It seems he may have been reflective on, of so many in the world today. So many who are wounded. So many who are, are suffering from neglect. Suffering from being unconcerned of and by the selfishness of this world. It's one thing to be neglected by the world. But it's another thing to be neglected by those who profess to be the children of God. And he stands, he's sitting at the gate of the house of God. And people are just passing by. But on this day, <laughs> things would change forever for this man. On this day, he encountered two men who had been filled with the presence and the power of God. He, he encountered two men who wouldn't turn away and just pass by. Instead, Peter and John focused on the man and called the man to focus on them. Listen, church family. We've got to see some truth here. Peter and John were filled with the Holy Spirit of God. And God was about to do something through them. It wasn't so much Peter and John that the man was to focus on. But the man was to focus on the presence and the power of God that he would see through these men. I want to remind us that we can't focus on man to meet our need. Man is far from perfect. Man is not whole. Man has limits. So why we are to focus. So what are we to focus on to meet our need? It's the power of the Holy Spirit of God. Too many of us is putting our trust in our bank accounts, our saving accounts, our retirement, or even our paychecks here. But our help comes from the Lord. Psalm 121, 1 through 2, the Bible tells us, I will lift up my eyes to the hills from whence comes my help. For my help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. And I'm so glad I got a God who sees everything. He knows right where I'm at and he's the help that I need. All we have to do is call upon him and he'll meet our need. This man was looking for money to meet his need, but the Lord wanted to do so much more. I, I'm convinced that we as a people, we, we want too less, too, too less of what God wants for us. God wants to give us so much more. And when we're crying out to him, we don't even know what we should be crying out for. We don't know what God has for us or what God's intended for us. But if we would look to him and obey him, we'd find that God has much more than we could ever imagine. And he intends to give us so much more. Here, Peter looked at this man who just wanted money. And we find in verse 6, Peter says, silver and gold I do not have. But what I do have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. God saw this man needed much more than money. He needed a change in his life. The necessities of life are just that. They're things that are necessary for life. But having the necessities of life will, is not the same as having the basic need for our life. Our spiritual welfare is our basic need. If our spirit is right, 
then we are right with God and man. If our spirit is wrong, then we are at odds with God and we are at odds with man. God desires to change us by making us completely whole so that we can be productive, so that we can fulfill his purpose in this world. God is concerned with, with meeting our physical needs, but he's much more concerned with meeting our spiritual needs. It appears here that Peter reached down and the man reached up. And in that moment, the lame man from birth trusted Peter and he stood up and immediately his feet and ankles received strength. Oh, folks, Jesus' power was proven when he died, when he was buried, and when he resurrected. But at this time, he had ascended to the right hand of the Father. He no longer walked on earth. However, through the power of the Holy Spirit at this, this, at the name of Jesus, his presence and his power was still working, meeting the needs of people. And folks, today his presence and power are still meeting the needs of people. How can I say this? Because in the midst of a worldwide pandemic, in the midst of unrest in our country today, those of us who know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior can say, as Job did in, in Job 19, 25 and 27, for I know that my Redeemer lives and he shall stand on the last, uh, he shall stand at last on the earth. And after my skin is destroyed, this I know, that in my flesh I shall see God, and whom I shall see for myself, and my eyes shall behold, and not another. How my heart yearns within me. I want to let you know that if you've been born again, there should be something yearning within your heart to see your Savior. And though this, this world may fall apart, though this pandemic may take our life here on earth, we have an eternal life that we're going to spend with our Savior, that we're where we, where he is, there will always be. Yes, we can trust Jesus. This man trusted Peter and John because of the power and the presence of God that was in their lives. Folks, we can trust Jesus. We can trust his power. We can trust his presence. How can I say that? Acts 4, 8 and 12, the Bible says, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, by what means he has been made well, let it be known to you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands here before you whole. Oh, it's a shame that it's a shame that that when something great like this took place, that Peter and John were arrested for it. Oh, but when they gave Peter a chance to stand for Jesus, he shared with them that it was through the power of the one that they crucified that he was made whole. Oh, he says, This is the stone which was rejected by you, builders which has now become the chief cornerstone, nor is there salvation in any other for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. The answer to the world's unrest, the answer to the world's un un pandemic is Jesus. He's our answer. Oh, Peter made it awfully clear. That when we focus on Jesus, 
we can experience the presence and the power of our Lord and Savior. When this man received the power and presence of Jesus, we can also notice the celebration of this changed life. This man was completely changed. His whole being, his attitude, his life now was changed. He was no longer wanting to beg for alms. He was running around. He was willing to go work for his money. He was different than what anyone had ever known. No longer embarrassed or ashamed about not fitting in or not being accepted. He was saved. He was healed inside and out. His whole personality had been changed. He wanted everyone to know it. He was standing. He was walking. He was leaping. He was praising God. And right now, some of you, uh, some of us <laughs> don't know what to do about everything that's going on. But if you know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior... If you've experienced his presence and his power in your life, why not let's together as the people of God just stand, lead, praise, and proclaim the power to heal this land is in the name of Jesus. When the people saw this man standing, walking, leaping, praising God, they knew he had truly been healed. He, they had seen this man crippled and begging for help for years. And there could be no question that this was a miracle. They were filled with wonder and they were filled with amazement. Oh, when we come together, standing for God, walking and leaping and praising and proclaiming the power and the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's in our lives. Others will desire the same change. And this same miracle that, ha that happened to us, they will want it for themselves Matthew 5 and 16 Jesus teaches us to let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father in heaven for folks we were once lost but now we're found we were once deaf but now we can hear we were once blind and now we can see we were once lame and now we can walk now we can run. Now we can praise the Lord. For when he caught, when we called upon the name of Jesus, he heard us, he healed us, he saved us. And if today you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you can call on him and he'll hear you. He'll forgive you of your sin and he'll make you whole. He'll save you and he'll give you eternal life. Would you today? Would you today give your life to Jesus? Would you today let this be the last moment in your life that you are lame spiritually, but you can be made whole? Oh, this is the day to call upon the name of Jesus. Fix your eyes upon him. But before you do that, you must understand the condition you're in. You are lost and you are lost in a dying world. And this world itself is it's on its way to hell. And if you die in the same condition as this world, hell will be your home also. But God has given you the opportunity to call upon the name of the Lord, Jesus Christ.
to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior and to have eternity in heaven with him as your future destiny. So would you today, would you acknowledge your condition and seek a conversion that only comes from Jesus? And if you do, we'll love to celebrate with you. If you're ready to give your life to Jesus, just pray with me. God, I'm lost in my condition. And I realize I need a savior. And I believe your son is the savior of the world. So I'm asking you to forgive me of my sins. And I'm calling out to Jesus to be my savior. God, I thank you. I thank you for converting me to no longer being a sinner, but now being a child of yours. Now, God, help me to celebrate this by telling the world that Jesus is my Savior. Lead me as I walk through this dark world. Remind me day to day that I belong to you and you belong to me. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you for the conversion that's taking place. Help me to show it to the world. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Oh, if you believe this prayer, if you believe it with all your heart, then I believe you've done enough to be saved. But as we continue to say, it's not what I believe about your salvation. I know what I believe about mine. But you have to believe for yourself. You have to work out your own soul salvation. If you know today that you've been converted. If you know today that you've been redeemed. Oh why not share, with, share it with us. Oh as this. As the choir is about to sing our song of invitation. Why not share with us. Through Facebook. Through YouTube. In the comments or in the inbox. Why not give us a call or text someone who's part of our church family so that we can get the word out that God has saved you and we can celebrate with you. Oh, it's a wonderful day to trust Jesus. And we pray that God continues to bless you. Reedy Branch, as they sing this song, my prayer is that God continues to bless you.